I'm just going to take a moment. We're just going to pray. And I want you to do a couple of things. As I come into the presence of God at the moment, I'm doing some deliberate steps. And I want us to do those. I just want us to imagine, shut our eyes and just imagine Jesus. And I want you to just say to him, I believe you died. You rose again. And you're present now with me. Terry spoke of unbelief, but I want you to tell him you believe he's real and he's here. And then I just want you to let this truth sink in. That he loves and accepts you just as you are. That you actually don't have to change to be accepted. That he loves you as you are now. Just allow that just to grab your heart for a moment. Just as you are. And when you can really just accept that. Just say something to him. Yeah. So it's out of that context I want to talk, really. That's been, that's been my practice now for a little while. Just to help me get into the presence of God. And, um, and talk to him. And, and so some of this is out of my talks with him. And some of my reflections... Um, so we are reading Acts together as a church community. Uh, maybe other people in the internet world are joining us because we've gone internet crazy. Um, uh, who knows? Um, and so I've entitled this, Wow, We Have the Holy Spirit. The context of this was given by Jesus in John chapter 14, where he said, I'm going away, but I am going to send another helper, one like me. And um, he's going to come and he's going to be with you all the time. Jesus knew he was going, but he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He also spoke of the Holy Spirit um, in John 7, oh, I can't see, my eyes are going crazy, um, where he said, where he talked about the Holy Spirit, about him being a stream, a living water that would flow out of us. Um, so two, two areas, one they didn't really recognize he was talking about the Holy Spirit, that it was the, the life source, the spring that would flow out of us. And another time he said, look, it's the helper. He's coming, he's one like me, and he's going to help you live the Christian life. So that's the context. And then we've been reading Acts, and we see that the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, like a, a rushing wind, and they were all filled. 120 of them upstairs, 
sat waiting, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and on one day, 3,000 were added to the church. Incredible. They went out in the streets. People thought they were drunk, but they were speaking in tongues. Okay, interesting, isn't it, that people, when you're filled with the Spirit, there's a similarity to being drunk. Isn't that fabulous? Never been drunk, but... um, uh, but that's, that's, that's how people thought they were. They must have looked pretty weird. I've seen drunk people. Um, I'm not sure they were being sick, but they were stumbling around, uh, you know, speaking incoherently to some people anyway, speaking in tongues, babbling on, and they looked drunk. I think that's incredible. Uh, an amazing similarity. So, next one, promise of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, next, yeah, next one. Next one on. So, those are those two scriptures. Here we go. The Holy Spirit act work. Deliberate. So, those who are teachers can uh, not correct me on my spelling. Here we go. Uh, we've been reading this week Acts 8 to 14, and I just want to pull out some of the things that the Holy Spirit began to do in those times. So, Acts 8, we see miracles. Verse 6, that is, deliverance. Verse 7, great joy in the city. When I read that this week, I was thinking about Worcester. As Great joy in a whole city. They were in Samaria, the city of Samaria. And great joy came on the city because they were seeing miracles, deliverance, healings. Wow. I can't see my last word. And we see Philip also transported by the Spirit from where he was, back to another place. That's some of the things in Acts 8 the Holy Spirit started to do. In Acts 9, we see somebody having a vision. Ananias had a vision of Paul or Saul. Then he went and restored his sight. Healing again. Then we see laying on of hands, being filled with the Spirit. And then the church begins to multiply. We saw it in Acts 1, but we're hearing about it again in Acts 9. The church begins to grow. And we see Dorcas raised from the dead. That's the first time that we see a raising from the dead, other than Jesus doing it. In, in the um, in the new in the Gospels, he raises Lazarus. Here we see Peter, one of his disciples. Now we don't see many of those, but that that is happening in the early church. In chapter ten, we see Cornelius having a vision, and then Peter has a vision. 
we see the Holy Spirit changing doctrine. Transforming their understanding from what they currently believe to something else. Has that happened to us in our lives? Have we ever had our understanding and the Holy Spirit change our doctrine on something? It's happened to me. I grew up believing some things and I believed them just because I believed them. Because I was brought up in that kind of church or whatever. And, and so when I saw things in other settings, uh, for instance, when I went to Toronto and saw some things, it really challenged my understanding. I wondered if it was demons, not the Holy Spirit. Because it made me feel uncomfortable. Now, so just because we're uncomfortable, this is really important, doesn't mean it's not of God. We can be uncomfortable because it's challenging our own values or our own way of thinking. And old thinking. Sometimes we're uncomfortable because we've discerned that it's not, not right. So I'm not saying being uncomfortable is wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't mean always that something is wrong. We could just be uncomfortable because we're uncomfortable. Um, next. Oh, speaking in tongues. Yeah, they spoke in tongues again. It was a sign of the Holy Spirit. It, uh, it, when um, Peter went to teach the Gentiles... They just burst into speaking in tongues again. And so that enabled him to go, oh, this is the same Holy Spirit, because we've done that. It's like us. Next, next slide. So 11. Uh, a great many came to the Lord. Reread. And then Agabus stands up and he has a clear prophetic word about what's going to happen in the world. Famine. So that's one of the... We don't see a lot of those prophetic words that's going to happen in the whole world. And then um, in chapter 13, we see um, a group of the leaders praying together and the Holy Spirit speaks and says, send out Paul and Barnabas. And then there's a lot, across the lot, there's a lot of bold preaching And then chapter 14, which we may have all read this morning. Can anybody help me and say what, what happens in this chapter that uh, is the work of the Holy Spirit we can see? Healing. Excellent. Yeah. It says, doesn't it? Paul gazed intently and he could see faith in the man and healed him. He recognized where the Holy Spirit was at work. I loved Kerry's reflection, Kerry Rass's reflection the other day, where she was saying she stopped with a, a toddler running all over the place, but she knew that she needed to talk to this person in town, and she knows she needs to follow this person up. She discerned. She gazed at her intently. My reflections of those chapters and the chapters before, something absolutely 
changed when the Holy Spirit came. It changed their understanding. Peter, you know, has read Joel, but he never understood that scripture until he experienced the Holy Spirit. And he went, ah, that's what was spoken in the prophet Joel. And these things going on were really, really normal. Speaking in tongues, laying on of hands, healings, miracles, prophetic words, visions. Next slide, please. All this stuff was this was normal spiritual climate of church community in Acts. Normal. I uh, decided to, as I've been reflecting, just ask God to refill me with the Holy Spirit. And I was driving along in the car, and after I prayed that, I didn't consciously think about it, but I just started speaking in tongues out loud. And I went, oh, I'm speaking in tongues. Which was what happened to the new Christians, what happened to the 120. They just began to speak in tongues. It reminded me. Um, years ago, probably 10 years ago, not, not quite, there was a, um, a shop opposite the Odeon called Changes for Life or something like that. It was a clairvoyant shop. And we used to do the insurance for the um, our whole area or for city center businesses. And so they asked us for an insurance quote. Now, all my colleagues were too scared to go in. So I went, and I found myself sat on the couch in the entrance thinking, oh, I wonder what you've got me here for, God. And then I'm looking around, and the next thing I know, I'm speaking in tongues out loud, and I don't even realize it. I think, oh, what am I doing that for? It was a normal, and is normal in in my prayer life. I find myself walking through the streets on the way to work, just praying in tongues, praying over our city. Just, it's, it's normal to me. Laying on of hands was really normal. For the early church, in fact, in Hebrews 6, it says it's one of the basic doctrine, doctrines. One of the simple, milky doctrines that we should all understand. I'm not sure I fully understand it. I just know when we lay hands on people, something gets imparted. Something of God happens in people's lives. Jesus did it, and we want to do the same. Healings and miracles were commonplace. Miracles, lots of them. Now, that's not necessarily my experience to date. But it's in the Bible. 
You know, and just as we have to believe and say to God, I believe, Jesus, that you're right here. I think we have to look at Acts and believe. It's meant to be for us. It might not be our experience at this moment in time. Not completely. I think we can all say we see miracles of God. I think when I shared last week, you know, as a church giving £880 to Alan and Helen for their family to come over was an absolute miracle because the night before they just asked for that amount of money. I think that is a miracle. And um, so we've, we've had miracles in our life. I, I know when I was younger, I fell off a garage roof. My leg got caught on railings. So, or my jeans got caught on the, you know, those spiky railings got caught on it. So I couldn't jump and I just fell like that and my le- with my leg up in the air, landed on my elbow. Still got a scar there now. And my bone was sticking out. And my dad prayed, not, not out the skin, I hasten to add. My dad prayed, just prayed, and, and went to the hospital. And there's no broken bone. And I came back and my sister wept. Why? Because she, she had, um, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but... Um, um, you know, like the elephant man had that stuff all over his body and whatever. I can't. Yeah. But she had it in two toes. And she'd been taken to healing meeting after healing meeting. Never been healed. So she wept, not because I was healed, but because she was angry that she wasn't. Because she'd seen the bone sticking, sticking out. And you just go, I don't quite understand that in the midst. And we live in that kind of tension in terms of reading stuff about what the church does and then standing in our experience and going, hmm. But do we let that mean that we don't believe what God is doing and wants to do for us in our church community? And in our city today. I want to keep praying for the sick. I want to keep speaking in tongues. I want to keep going. Right, I'm just going to stop. Just, just want you to ask God... Whether you stop believing these things happen. Let's just shut our eyes. Just, just for a moment. Just be really honest with him. He's like there right in next to you. Right in front of you. And he's, you can say to him, I read this stuff, but I'm not, I'm not sure I can do it. I'm not sure it's meant for me. Or you can just say, I believe you're there. I believe that this is for me 
This is for us now. It's not my experience, God, but I want it to be. I believe your Bible. I believe what you say. Help me. Just wonder where I'm Turn now to Luke 11. See, I was really impacted that the Holy Spirit made a massive transformation to the church. A massive transformation to church life, a church community. didn't plan on saying this, but I'm going to read this scripture to you I'm going to, before I go to Luke. 1 John chapter 2. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written this to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and no lie is the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. It's really important to believe in Jesus. To see him standing there and say, I just believe in you. Therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. And what you have heard from the beginning, if what the, you have heard in the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. He picks up his theme in John 15 there about abiding in the vine. And this is the promise that he has promised to us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So you can go and have a look at that scripture, 1 John chapter 2. What's really key is then when we have the Holy Spirit that abides in us you know all things and he teaches you all things in fact it says there you don't need another teacher so what the blazes am i standing up here that's the truth that's absolutely the truth because our practice is at times not to believe this that the holy spirit is powerful enough to teach you everything you need to know to live a godly life. And actually, at times, what we do is not go on our promptings and not go on our teachings. And as we, we learn that the Holy Spirit is deep at work in us, we know what not to do and what to do and how to live at times we don't. We choose not to. That's the difference when we become a Christian. See, when before a Christian, sin, we can't help do it. When we are a Christian, we choose to. 
Because we know, deep down, the Holy Spirit helps us live a godly life. We can't do it on our own. We know deep inside. So what teachers help us to do sometimes is put words to what's going on deep inside us. And know and it resonates. And you go, oh yeah, I knew that. I'm understanding that. Oh, that's how. Yes, deep inside my spirit goes, yes, oh, yeah, I agree with that. I didn't really understand how to put it into context or words. That's what teachers should help us do. That's what I think. And sometimes we get it wrong. Or our revelation isn't is five years behind. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So Luke chapter 11, I love this bit in Alpha where we invite the Holy Spirit to come. And it's a passage where he talks about, Jesus talks about a father. If you ask for a stone, uh, an egg, he's not going to give you a stone or a piece of bread. He's not going to give you a snake or a scorpion. So if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. But you have to ask for it and want it. And then when 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes and says, Pursue love, but desire spiritual gifts. Desire speaking in tongues, prophesying, miracles, healings, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Be ambitious for them. The Greek word is zelo. Be zealous. Desire them. Go after them. Pursue them. Pursue gifts. If you don't speak in tongues and you want to speak in tongues, trust me, it really helps in prayer. If you've got no idea what to pray and we've got circumstances in our life, we have no idea how to pray. In fact, I said to Ruth the other day, I'm sick of praying. I'm not sure it's working. It's true. I got frustrated with God. And so I have to speak in tongues because I don't have the words or the emotions to cope with it. Prophesy. In fact, Paul says he speaks in tongues more than you all put together. If he needed to do it, we need to do it. Prophesy. He wants, okay, you can all speak in tongues. You all should desire to prophesy more. That's what Paul is saying. It's much better. It's a better gift. I want the good gifts. I like gifts. I like giving gifts. I think that's a godly gift. Because God likes giving gifts. But he likes us to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get, do you? I'm always asking. You come out with me for a meal, I will ask for free stuff. It's true. Absolutely true. And I'll get it. We were out for Kelly's birthday. 
I said, what do you do for people whose birthday it is? Mm, what do you want? I can get her a glass of champagne. That'll do. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Last night we went out for a meal, got stuff on the house. Don't actually need it, but, <laughs> but I got it. I, I'm cheeky. I get it. We've got to ask, otherwise you don't get. And so the Holy Spirit this morning wants to do more acts with us. The acts that we're reading about, he wants to do more stuff with us. More visions. Did you see how many visions we read about? Who's the, how many visions you had? How many? I'd like a vision, a trance. How many transportations have you had? I wish this week, right, in traffic, in Worcester, I want to be transported to work, not sit for 20 minutes in the City Wars Road. It's true. How many have we had? How many do we want? Do we really, you know, we sing about heaven being open. Do, do we really believe him? Or just we sing it because we like the song and it emotionally gets us and we feel really good on a Sunday because we had a brilliant time of worship. Ooh. It's just affected our emotions. The same can happen in a concert. Listen to ACDC. It's true. Have we really connected with God? Have we allowed him to speak to us? <laughs> and do we really want what we're reading about? Lives changed. Church growing. Miracles happen in his name. Do I really believe that? I'm challenged about that. Do I really, really believe it? Right, we're going to stop and we're going to sing. And we're not going to just get emotionally <laughs> um, stirred up. And that's not a bad thing. Please hear that. Our emotions are from God. They're meant to be moved when we sing. They're meant to be. We're meant to feel something. We're meant to go, wow, I really like this. We're meant to feel connected. We're meant to see God in it. And we're going to, if you want more of the Holy Spirit or you want specific gifts, we're going to ask him in our time of response for more. And so you can either come forward and get some prayer or you can do it on your own. But we're going to ask God for more of his Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't want to read Acts. <laughs> I want to do some more Acts. All right? And the Holy Spirit is the same back then to now. So let, let's respond. You know, I want more of this. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life.
And if you need refilling with the Holy Spirit, I think there are a few people who, who, who need to ask for speaking in tongues. You might be freaked about it. All right, it's absolutely normal. It's in the Bible. And let's bring great joy to our city.